I was in Madison this weekend with uh, visiting my in-laws. Um, my Anna's parents live there and they don't see their grandchild very often outside of like Zoom and stuff. And I, I got there, we got there late Thursday night. So Friday morning, I was frantically Googling um, where to watch soccer <laughs> for Friday afternoon. So I could watch the Man U Tottenham, the Jose Mourinho Derby. Um, and every fucking place, like every soccer bar that I knew, because I've been, to, I've been to Madison several times while there's been soccer bars and stuff, um, like watching soccer and stuff. And all the soccer bars that I knew of we're all closed, like, right? So, like, Madison, unlike the rest of Wisconsin, is taking this COVID shit seriously, yeah. which is good and great and fantastic, um, which is, like, my 63, 64-year-old in-laws live in Madison, so I'm, like, I'm happy that people in Madison are taking this shit seriously and not, like, going out and um, <clears throat> infecting a bunch of people. But when you're trying to find a soccer bar to watch a soccer match in, um, and every, all the soccer bars are like, take out only, take out only, or even just, or just straight up fucking closed. Like, we're not even doing shit right now. We're fucking closed. So I had to find, so I found a bar that's about two miles north of where my in-laws live uh, called O'Grady's. So I'm like, oh, great. Irish bar. Totally should be a, a soccer bar. Um, I walk in there on Friday afternoon, uh, you know, at one 45-ish or so, whatever, before the, the Man City, or the Man U Tottenham kickoff, and I have to ask the bartender if she could put on the match on the TV behind the bar. Um, number one, she's like, she has no idea what's going on. Um, number two, she's like, so what channel is this game on? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I'm from fucking St. Paul. Uh, I just, can you, can you go to your uh, goddamn TV, you know, your cable guide and just look for soccer and you can find it um it took her like five minutes to do that um long story short i missed about the first 10 minutes of the spurs menu match which ultimately was nothing but so that was my weekend you still got to the game sooner than average mj arrival time to a soccer match i did and ultimately uh that's where i ended up watching the the, the merseyside derby on sunday so oh okay we'll chat about that we'll chat about that later so podcast um uh, and guys we had some soccer this weekend what did you do to celebrate all the soccer did you soccer a bunch i soccer. narrowly resisted uh throwing my remote control through my tv after watching two arsenal matches 
That's right. You soccered a lot. Like I did hardcore and yeah. very aggressively bad. Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, we'll, we'll get to it in the EPL section, but uh, I don't know, man. Arsenal looks like they're headed for the dark ages. Yeah. You have a sexy man leading you to the dark ages, which is nice. I mean, depending on which mythologies you believe, I feel like that's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nikel Arteta is very attractive, so... It's true, yeah. but uh, the it's he is he is the, the human embodiment of the primrose pass. <laughs> Bill, how was your soccering of the weekend? Yeah, the only match I I caught was just uh, watching my uh, St. Pauli uh, fail some more. They're uh, down to 14th place, uh, but they are uh, they're safe from relegation. They uh, fired their coach. They'll let him stay on for the final match of the season, but uh, that's probably good. They're they're getting rid of him. He uh, he did nothing this year. Yeah, we'll we'll be watching that final FC St. Pauli match at the Black Card on Sunday. Um, if on anybody. Sunday. So, uh, MJ, um, I kind of I think I have a general idea how your soccer weekend was, but why don't you let us know? Well, it's when you pick winners like I do. I mean, when you really. When you pick winners like FC Stoll and uh, FC St. Pauli and uh, Union Berlin and Everton, you don't really go in hoping for the quadruple win. You know, that's kind of not – I mean, you hope for it, but that's kind of far-fetched. So, so yeah, there was a lot of despair. And then, you know, some mediocrity. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that uh, uproariously awesome note, um, please support us, guys. Uh, If you're not already a member of our Patreon, you can become a member of the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Um, We're hopefully going to be setting up a uh, spot to pick up uh, the second round of Daves I Know beers. Um, uh, If you are a member of that vis-a-vis the Hot Clouds, so we're, I'm working with Christian over there to figure out when that might be. Maybe hopefully it'll be sometime during the Orlando tournament, you know, with the caveat that the Orlando tournament actually happens, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so hopefully that's a chance to do that. Uh, visit patreon.com backslash the Daves that know to help support the Daves that you know. Uh, another way to support us, you can always join our uh, Substack newsletter or basically my Substack newsletter thedavesiknow.substack.com. Um, I'm just going to read this tweet from uh, uh, Bill, your brother, uh, Bruce McGuire, at Nord on Twitter. Uh, really enjoyed the newsletter this week. Well-written and fun. I only noticed one typo, too. Way better than I could ever manage. Too, took to me a bit to realize little T's was little Tijuana in Whittier. Feel free to use this tweet as an endorsement of the newsletter. Um, he had a, a, a typo in his tweets to me. She said two instead of took. He should have said took and forgot the K there. So uh, if you're interested, uh, Bruce McGuire uh, endorses the newsletter, um, substack.com backslash the Daves I know. Um, I wasn't planning, or sorry, the Daves I know dot substack.com. I wasn't planning on writing a 500 word eulogy for little T's in Whittier, <laughs> but I was in Madison and I had shit else to do. And so I ended up writing a 500 word eulogy for a restaurant in uh, the South side of Minneapolis, which is an amazing restaurant. Bill, I'm sure you went to a little tease. More oh, than yeah. One. MJ, Many times. 
MJ Dan. Um, and, 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 and somewhat, so my late night food get was was usually is usually Hard Times Coffee Shop, but I would end up in South Minneapolis. I'd go, I'd go to little, I'd, I'd go to Little Tees, um, and uh, uh, the the secret find there that was told by an employee of the place. I mean, because I usually just went there to get cheap Mexican, and what's not to like about a Mexican? And someone said, "Have you tried our burgers? Like, they're phenomenal." Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say bratwurst. Oh. <laughs> no, that's next door at the Black Forest. I know, but. <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah. So, if you if you want like some some soccer news, some random uh, you know five hundred word random eulogy things, uh, Dave's I know the Dave's I know dot substack dot com. Uh, and then the other thing I want to mention, I'm going to actually be black. I'm going to be bartending at the Blackheart on Wednesday, from noon until two. Uh, during the uh, Everton whatever game and Wolves versus whatever game. I think it's Wolves-Everton, Man U-Sheffield United. Yeah, whatever game Everton's losing this week. Anyways, I'm going to be bartending at the Blackheart uh, for that match. That two, that two, basically two hours. So if you really want to come hang out and, and, you know, throw money at me. Um, and I'll dance for it if you really want me to. But I'll just more like I'll just pour you a beer. Uh, noon to two on Wednesday uh, at the Black Heart. So come on down for all of that stuff. Um, cool. You guys have anything else you want to promote on the front end here? Any music or jerk off videos or? No, not a lot of huge music coming out right now. I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my favorite group pub in town, Barley John's, that uh, is open, uh, both their indoors and patio. Uh, they have very strict rules about, you know, you need to wear a mask, not necessarily at your table, but if you're going to be walking around other tables, like to go indoors to order another drink or to go to the bathroom, you need to wear And uh, the tables are spaced six feet apart. You can only have six people per table. So. Fully, fully support Bonnie John's. They're very, they make very good beer and they have very good food. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, let's talk about, uh, so... When I was putting together this uh, this agenda over the weekend, because I had a shit ton of time, I was in Madison with my wife and my kid and uh, my in-laws, and, and basically when we're in Madison, it's like, oh, one more and pop-pop can just take the kid and do whatever the fuck they want, and we can, and I can just kind of hang out and, and just sort of chill and relax, and realize I got really bored because I was like, I had the agenda prepped by Saturday afternoon. I'm like, oh, okay, there's some soccer matches. What the fuck else are we going to talk about? Uh, and then Monday happened, <laughs> and the Orlando Pride happened. So let's talk. Let's talk quickly about the NWSL. So, um, if you haven't heard uh, or seen any news about it, then and you're you're a soccer fan. I have no idea who the fuck you're not. You are you are. You should be following a bunch more people than you are if you're following us. And this is your, how you're getting your news. But basically, the Orlando Pride um, pulled out of the NWSL tournament this afternoon after 10 people in their uh, traveling entourage, six players and four staff members, or am I, okay, six players, four staff yeah. members, uh, all tested positive for COVID. Um, all were asymptomatic. Um, and it looks like from some uh, original or some sleuthing or whatever that they got it from one or multiple players going to a club or a bar and getting it and then giving it to the rest of the, of the team um, or the rest of the players. And, and they were all asymptomatic. Um, seems like there's not going to be any 
you know, health compilation or health uh, uh, issues or anything like that. So, but still, that's so they're the team is completely that's pulling out of the tournament, which is um, considering that's supposed to start on Saturday and the Orlando Pride we're going to play uh, Chicago. They're going to play the Chicago. Chicago. Yep. So, um, so that throws everything into flux. Uh, what just first like first impressions like this was this was inevitable right like this was going to happen to some team whether it was nwsl mos nba it's going to it was going to happen right yeah and it's going to happen again you know and and it's it's sad it's a big blow to the league that's what it is um you know they're the the first american league to uh to to hop in here and uh and so it's it's tough I mean, we talked about this inevitability way back when it was still Kyle Walker's sex party. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, as soon as that story broke, at the time we were talking about uh, MLB that had the bubble plan uh, before MLS kind of hopped on that train. And, and we all agreed, like, this is going to happen. People are going to go out. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. It happened with the NWSL. It's going to happen with MLS. It's going to happen with NBA. It's going to happen – everywhere um it is interesting to me that they chose to pull all the way out i mean that's a that feels unique to me i don't know how many teams will see do that um could speak to squad depth i don't know if they 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 don't have as many players per nwsl roster as they do in, in mls or uh oh i would yeah i mean i would assume like six players would probably be yeah. oh about a third of their well not quite a third maybe like a fifth of their roster probably yeah at least if not a, if not a fourth of their roster a fourth, yeah well and if other players were exposed to them they would have to quarantine right yeah you know so i mean how long's the tournament you know they'd have to pull out yeah i guess i just i'm just surprised that the you know and, and we don't know which players they are. So it could just be that these particular six players, the team's looking at it and going, we can't, we can't show well without, you know, Alex Morgan, for example. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's incredibly disappointing. I'm sure the league is just beside themselves that they did everything right. They were going to be the first league back. They had this great tournament laid out in Utah of all places, which is not doing super well, but it's still a better place to hold it than Florida. And, and now this happens. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of head and hands across the league. Well, it was yeah. definitely, it was also uh, alluded to this morning that they were going to announce the rosters for the tournament. And that there was going to be, there's going to be several high profile U S women's national team players who are not going to be part of those rosters. So it's just, it's hilarious or it's not, it's not hilarious. It's, it's fucking sad, um, but you know that the <laughs> the pride got in front of this and said, you know what, we're actually not going to be part of that. So that takes maybe away some of the U.S. players that were going to be a part of it, um, and it, it throws the entire tournament into flux, right? Like they they were, they had you know they had the, the crazy cockamamie uh, nine week schedule Joe Robin thing. Now it sounds like so there's so um, last I saw that the league is getting on a call. Um, tomorrow, uh, per uh, it's Meg Linehan, uh, who writes for the Athletics. So if you're not, if you want to follow U.S. Women's Soccer, she's an amazing follow uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's at it at it's Meg Linehan. Um, 
they're going to get together tomorrow to discuss uh, a revamping of the tournament to basically becoming, instead of being a, a pseudo round robin where you're not actually playing everybody, um, but actually like splitting up into two groups of four, you'll play every team in the round in your, in your group and then seeding based on there. I think they're going to keep the same format as before with every, all like, eight teams going into the next round, just be based on, um, you know, the group seating, which uh, I don't, don't, I don't know if that benefits anybody or hurts anybody, but it certainly is different than what they had originally planned. Yeah. Did anyone see Sydney LaRue's comment on this? No. No. Uh, she, she tweeted, I'm, I'm heartbroken. The majority of our team and staff worked our asses off to put us in the best position to play this game we love. Um, not just for ourselves, but for our families, friends, fans, and our city. Um, so uh, the, the one report I read said that was almost kind of this blame game because the six players that, that were contracted apparently were younger. Hmm. And the, the veterans were being more adultish and, you know, staying quarantined and kind of doing their job. And there were, you know, it was kind of this, yeah, these six kids went out and decided to go out to a bar and shame on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this will affect their team culture and they'll have, you know, a, you know, they have their own house to clean, if you will, or to try to get out. I mean, just get healthy for crying out loud. But uh, cool. Throw a bunch of people under the bus. Awesome. The, 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 the math, <laughs> the math works out nicer. You have two groups of four and, and it'll be eight, eight match days instead of nine. Um, there won't be any team suffering a buy. Everyone will get to play every match day. Um, that's the only silver lining I got out of this. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious if, uh, if Orlando pride members that are healthy can get picked up as free agents. I'm guessing they can't, or I'm guessing there are league rules that prevent that they cannot. Yeah. I would doubt that they could. The question is, are, are they all going to get paid? Um, Cause I mean, part of the deal with the with signing with the, this agreement was that <clears throat> you could decide not to come and play in the tournament, but you would still get paid your NWSL salary. Um, are the pride players who are not going specifically, maybe the ones who like, contracted covid for going out to the bar like yeah might the team yeah. decide not to pay them which opens up a whole other can of worms and i i would guess they they probably won't i'm sure they'll probably i mean they probably will just be like you know eat that but it's also how strong is their collective bargaining agreement i don't know if they have one right exactly what collective bargaining agreement? So, well they yeah. there is a there's a players union i don't know if it's officially recognized as a union but it's yeah, it's definitely not anything like um like MLB or or even the NBA or NHL. Like there's it's a very tenuous union. So um is there anything else on so the other only thing other thing I had on NWSL was the Washington Spirit and the North Carolina Courage are gonna be um or at least as of today, we're planning on sharing a charter flight to Utah. So the spirit we're gonna get the flight in Washington, fly down to North Carolina, pick up the courage, and then fly across the country to Utah, um, and then split the cost 50-50 on the flight. Um, I have a feeling that might not happen anymore. I feel like yeah. those owners might just want to like spring for their own, uh, 
their own charter flights as to avoid any potential uh, COVID stuff. You know, who knows? Um, I mean, assumedly, like, these people, you know, these teams have been testing or have recently tested. But, yeah, who the hell knows, man? Anybody else have anything else on NBSL they want to they talk about or mention? I'm really sad I won't see Ali Krieger play in this tournament. Yeah, there's a number of players. Or Marta, man. Maybe yeah. Marta, like, last yeah. No, I mean, there are a lot of – I did not need to single out her as the only – like, she, she's a veteran. I don't know how much playing time she would have gotten. But, I, yeah, I mean, favorite of mine and just would have liked to see her get to, get, get to play in, in that back four. Yeah. When, when, what day was the tournament supposed to start? Saturday. 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 Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. On, on big CBS on the, on the network. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, it's going to just keep happening. It's going to happen the same, just they're going to move yep. games around. So. Yeah. Uh, it was weird because they definitely had it set up. So they had it set up that there was two games on Saturday, one game on CBS, one game on CBS All Access, and then no games on Sunday for some fucking reason. Yeah. Uh, Makes no sense whatsoever. It's the Lord's Day. Why not have two? Like, why not have a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday on Big CBS? But maybe this will change. Maybe this might throw things into a much better situation. But it is. It's still kind of fucked. And um, leads us to our next topic of uh, the MLS tournament that is uh, uh, theoretically happening in a couple weeks. Um, teams can start up. Literally start showing up in Orlando on Wednesday, uh, and we're not sure who may or may not actually show up, but... Um, I think their meetup place is at that very same bar where they're <laughs> supposed to check in. Yeah. Um, so, a, a couple other things about... Uh, so, let's, let's, I'll do MLS stuff very briefly. You guys can jump in on anything you want, and then we can talk about the like whether this tournament should actually fucking happen or not. Um, uh, after our last podcast, uh, it was the Black Players Coalition of MLS um, put out a really awesome statement. Uh, Ike Opara is on their board of directors. Um, looks like it's it's super cool. Like they're going to be doing, they're trying to be doing some of the uh, some of the work that you know needs to happen in MLS to to make sure that the league is is staying true to what they have said they're going to do and what they've committed to doing. And so it's great to see a ton of of you know. Uh, black players joining that and Ikopar has been one of the you know more vocal voices uh in that in the last you know month or so um so you know good for him and glad that that is a thing that's happening and then the other thing is as we sort of alluded to uh COVID-19 is uh spiking in the Orlando area um just generally and obviously this is I put this in the notes before the NWSL stuff. And then uh, there's been a couple of uh, positive uh, COVID tests uh, for Miss or MLS players, not Minnesota United players, MLS players, including in Atlanta. So um, I guess I'll throw this to you guys. Like how confident are you that this tournament happens, this Orlando tournament happens without just, it happens and there's no, major incidents uh, let's say like someone maybe gets covid during the tournament they're out or whatever but like i'm saying no major incidents basically being like no teams have to pull out of the tournament what's your confidence level in this and then second question what's your confidence level in there actually being an mls regular season 
after the tournament. Well, my comment last week was that there wouldn't even be a tournament and we're that close to having a tournament. And I, you know, and I know I was joking, but you know, it, it isn't that far, you know, it doesn't take much to have that happen. Um, you know, say if three teams uh, went the way of the Orlando pride, I would, they consider stopping play. Um, you know, what is the threshold? Um, you know, throws a lot into it, but um I, th I think absolutely there will be, there will be, you know, teams that will have to bow out. I just don't see how there couldn't be. Um, these are 20 year old people, you know, try and get them to stay in a hotel room at night. <laughs> 20, 26 teams, you know, lots of young players out of 26 teams. What, what's your over, like maybe 2.5, teams have to pull out due, due, due to COVID related, you know, widespread COVID reasons, you know, that's kind of my over under. I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but that's just me spitballing. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's likely that, you know, maybe it's not like the MLS tournament goes on, like the MLS decides to halt all play, but I definitely think it's likely that at least one team is, going to you know with how hard it is to discover asymptomatic uh carriers just you know you cannot have symptoms and you, you i mean you might not be wearing a mask you might be you know you don't have to cough you could just be breathing on somebody you know and that's going to happen i mean if you were minnesota united and you have a guy like Ike Opara who has asthma I mean, do you want to risk him getting COVID? Well, and does he want to risk it? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, within the union, do they, and do they have poll to say, look, this isn't safe? Yeah, and it's actually the union that is one of the reasons I think the tournament will happen. Um, you know, so much work and, and so much not give and take, but give by the players and take by the owners happened to get this season to the point where it can happen. And part of that was the tournament that it makes me think that they won't push people to do things that are unsafe. Don't get me wrong, but it at least makes the default assumption like, yep, we're going to do this until really serious consequences force us not to on a team level. If a player, Ike Opara, I don't know in MLS, if there are any players who have diabetes, I know there are in major league baseball, yeah, I don't know. Um, and the like that's such a, a high prevalence comorbid condition that yeah. you know if they went to the union and said hey like i will you back me on this the answer unequivocally has to be yes and i'm sure it would be yeah. but for everybody else i think the default assumption has to be like this is what we're doing this is what we've agreed to this is how we get our money i think it will go forward um you know one i don't want to call it a silver lining but at least one outflow of the pride's decision to pull out maybe that teams do start taking this a little more seriously i mean if you're if you're a team coming from a state that has opened up somewhat successfully and honestly minnesota fits in that category you know and you're down in orlando you know things are are getting bad there but it's just it's such a mental disconnect i think it's really hard to understand what uh, 
I didn't see what today's tests were, but on, in Florida on Sunday, they had a 15% positive test rate, which is just astronomically high. And Arizona, by the way, had a 25%. So this is really blowing up. Yeah. It's hard to mentally connect that risk. But if you see this team, if you know that a couple players went to a bar and then 10 of your teammates and, and the staff that you work closely with got really sick, I think it makes it more real. So I am somewhat hopeful that the Orlando Pride have not been the sacrificial lamb necessarily, but sacrificed themselves yeah. and, and showed these teams just how serious this is going to be. Um, they you know, team, team by team, they're going to have curfew. Like, I get it. If you just ask players like, hey, man, you just turned 22. Don't go to a bar. That's not going to work. But I suspect teams will put in pretty stringent. You do room checks. You know, it's something where the coaching staff pulls the vets aside and says, you know, this has got to come from you guys as much as it comes from us. Because, right. we, like, we flat out can't. We cannot play this tournament concerned that some players are going out and some players are staying in. Like, it just it flat out won't work. We will use our support staff to do liquor store runs just for <laughs> you personally. You know, you say what you want. We will get it for you. Um yeah, I will say this on, on another side note of, of the Orlando Pride having to pull out. If ESPN is smart and their sister station in Canada, TSN, TSN hires goalkeeper Aaron McLeod immediately as, as a color commentator or, or in-studio analyst. And, you know, the ESPN offers uh, Sidney LaRue, you know, Ali Krieger or Alex Morgan, you know, some sort of you know, jobs because they're going to be in Orlando. Yeah, maybe. Um, the problem is, is Dan, is they're not, they weren't very sick. They were asymptomatic. Every single one of them, all 10 were right. asymptomatic. So yeah, they were, they were asymptomatic at the time at which they were tested. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. I mean, it may be something where they're in day two or day three of an incubation and symptoms don't hit until day anywhere between day five and day 14. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah. And not yeah. that I expect a lot of professional athletes to be super up on the literature, yeah. but there was a study well, out of, last, last week. Sick, which I, which, you know, I just want to say like none of them were sick or like showing any symptoms. They were all asymptomatic. Maybe right. like, as you mentioned, maybe pre, you know, pre being sick or they just, they were going to, that's, they were going to be like, you know, a lot of people who have this are, but you can still, obviously, you can still pass it on to people without even knowing, which is a crazy thing. It's, of the six players on Orlando, um, three of them came back positive and three of them came back inconclusive. So they didn't, they didn't come back negative or positive. Um, they have to retest them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's new. So, yeah. All right. That was in um, Meg, that was in Meg's article. Way to cool. dig deep, Bill. I like it. Um, all right. So so I guess at least to my second question. Um, so assuming we get an MLS tournament and we it doesn't get canceled, uh, how confident are you guys all on on like this there actually being an MLS season? Um I was pretty I was like maybe like 75, 25 on the side of probably we're going to get a, a an abbreviated season. Flip-flop uh, it, man. Flip-flop it. 25% chance we, we get something after this. That's 
kind of yeah that's kind of where i am now after after all this stuff yeah, like, no. it's yeah. just like we're not i think i think everybody is like everybody that is talking like in the public you know pundit sphere or whatever is talking about oh the second wave the second wave and we're still in the first wave and I, I think people are not realizing like they think that the first wave was you know like april may now we're like on the down the downturn and we're gonna get the second wave there's a lot of places where you can legitimately make an argument that we're still in the first wave. And I think um, that, that's not going to change. So we may be in the first wave for a while longer, honestly. So, and Dan, this is where we need your epidemiologist friend on the podcast. To tell us a little more information. So. I, I'll pull him on. I'll pull him on for next week. Uh, yeah. But on the, on the first wave, second wave sort of dynamic, did you guys see Michael Osterholm's new statement? Mm-mm. So Dr. Michael Osterholm, in case you aren't, aware for listeners is probably the most famous epidemiologist in the world. He works out of the U of M. So we're super privileged to have him here in, in the state of Minnesota. And he has been trying desperately to get people to understand how bad this is. And he has used a million metaphors. He's trying so hard. Uh, and his most recent one was, there's not going to be a first wave and a second wave. We are just in one big forest fire of Corona yes. cases. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, when the epidemiologist says you're in a forest fire of hurt, it's bad. Boys, it's bad. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. I mean, the weird thing is you can argue right now pretty and, and be pretty good with your data that the MLS tournament is taking place in the dead ass last place it should be. That if this were taking place oh. in, I mean, New York even, or Washington, if we're doing this out of Seattle, then yeah. I think we could have this really interesting argument about, well, you know, teams are then going to go back to their own places, and some of them are, are better, and some of them are worse. Honestly, I would be less surprised to see the tournament canceled in favor of resuming the entire schedule. Yes. And just not letting teams go to Texas or Florida and making those teams play, I don't know, there's got to be somewhere in Nebraska they can play. But, like, that's the thing that gives me hope about the rest of the season is if you're going to subject the entire league to the literal hot spot, hell, why not let them play the rest of the season? Right. And and have they talked at all about the rest of the season if, if it would be empty stadiums? I assume it would be. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, nobody's talked about opening up stadiums except for, you know, our damn, idiot damn, chief. Damn girl. Oh, no. Dan Grabber said that it would be, you know, in stadiums, if with fans, if possible. Like he literally put that out. He said, like, if possible, with you know, like Dan Grabbering it up uh, with the yeah. uh, of his voice at the end. Um, so who the fuck knows, man? Uh, Dan, you mentioned uh, moving teams out of the uh, the states. Um, the St. Paul Saints are going to start their season on July third. In Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Play home yep. games in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is uh, not a great place for them to be. I mean, honestly, like, fucking St. Paul is better for them to be playing in right now, but they can't play based on the restrictions in Minnesota right now. So they're going to move their home wow. games to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So, and that's the problem, is that, like, would MLS – so there, there will be states, theoretically, assuming – People are not complete fucking idiots, or they because assuming people are complete fucking idiots, there will be states that will say, "Oh yeah, we can do twenty five percent capacity at stadiums." In I was I'm thinking mostly like 
the you know SEC belt, Texas, and the rest of the Southeastern Conference belt. So like Miami and Orlando, and 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 you know that's where a lot of MLS teams make their money. So of course Orlando is going to let in twenty five percent of people because they can recoup some money. But like, how is that going to affect Minnesota? Which is going to be like, no, you can't have people in your stadium because people will die, and that we don't want people to die. This so. is the public health uh, version of scabs, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's what's MJ? What what what? You have the last you have the last thought here. My last bit is twofold. Briefly, one, one last bit, MJ. One. The, there is a tension between the states that are doing well, and they are doing well because of restrictions. And the states that don't have restrictions that can allow this activity, but they're not doing well, you know, the, 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 so there's that. And I, my last bit is from Lori Kilmartin at any Lori 16 on Twitter. We couldn't wear masks for three months. So now we're going to have to wear them for two years. That's pretty accurate. Yep. Or, or forever. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. So. Forever. Um, all right, let's jump into um, MJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot to do K League really quick. In yeah, two minutes. let's run it down. Two two minutes, MJ. I'm counting down. You got two. You got 120 seconds. Go. Um, where are my notes? <laughs> this is not in the order we were going. Okay. I know. I, I okay. Let me know when you're ready. I'll I'll start. I'll give you 120 seconds. You want to okay. talk Bundesliga? No, just talk Bundesliga. MJ, you ready? Um, so go. FC Seoul loses zero two at home to Ulsan Hyundai, who's in second place. That Woo-hoo. puts FC Seoul down in eleventh place out of twelve. They got a fucking red card because some guy doesn't know how to slide tackle. Jeonbu uh, Hyundai wins one one nil to up and coming Gwangju. Uh, and uh, that keeps them in first place. Uh, Up-and-coming Daegu win uh, 3-1 over Suwon Blue Wings. That's huge. And then the Toilet Bowl, the 11th place versus 12th place team, Incheon United lose at home to uh, Busan Ipak. Um, that puts Ipak above FC Seoul. FC Seoul is now in second to last place, and Busan Ipak is in third to last. There you go. Cool. Man, you do that in less than a minute. Good job. That's how we should do it every week. FC Soul continues to like just do horribly because they do not have their sex dolls in their stadium. Like, I'm going to be less and less interested to talk about K League. So, where are we at in the season? How far along? Uh, We are. This was week eight out of Of? out of uh, 22. Okay. So we're not even halfway through the league, and then after. Week 22, there is a um, mini group of the top six and the bottom yeah, six. Yeah, we split in half, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's okay. not home and home. It's just one match, one match person each. But, but yeah. So we're we're not even halfway halfway through the the normal table part of the season. So okay. there's time for FC Seoul to turn it around, but it's not going to happen. Not looking good. <laughs> From a third place, that team that finished third last year. All right. There you go, go. Hyundai. <laughs> Come on, Pohang Steelers. Uh, 
All right, let's jump into the Bundesliga. I'm just going to read through all the scores and we can jump back and talk about the games a little bit, uh, I think, and then talk about the actual stuff that's on uh, on the line on Saturday, which is the last Bundesliga match of the season. Uh, Bayern beat Freiburg 3-1. to uh, Leipzig lost to Dortmund 2-0. Uh, Hoffenheim beat Union 4-0. Dusseldorf won. Augsburg won. Hertha Berlin 2. Leverkusen 0. Mainz 3. Werder Bremen one Schalke one Wolfsburg four Köln one Frankfurt one Paderborn one Gladbach three who wants to, so is there any specific things that that jump out to you other than Schalke woof what the fuck man Schalke is yeah. bad right now one Ford home to Wolfsburg uh what what a disappointment and again Weston McKinney continues to play well yes like he's not their problem Save Weston right. McKinney, man. Get him onto a better fucking team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I, I also th- say, so the, in the Dortmund match, I wa- that was actually one I watched on Saturday morning. Uh, Gio Reyna got his yeah. first assist, and holy Christ, was it beautiful. It was uh, gorgeous. Amazing redirection of a ball right into Erling Holland, who, uh, who you know, easily slaughtered at home for the first goal yeah. of, the, of the match. It was fucking yeah. great. Yeah. That was uh, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, um, the Bayern match. Um, real young American guy, uh, Chris Richards, came on in the 84th minute. He'd always uh, this is his first uh, game up on the top team. Been playing for Bayern too. Um, came in, had some minutes, didn't look terrible, um, and so it was nice to see that he had been a, an FC Dallas uh, academy player. Um, and he has a contract with Byron through 2023. Yeah, so that was ni- nice. Yeah, nice to see him. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see young Americans getting that experience. Yes. America, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else on the uh, on the rest of the Bundesliga? Otherwise, we can we can. Yeah, I, I was trying to look up some of the contracts of like, uh, you know, like if, 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 um, oh, if, if Verda goes down, you know, if Verda Brennan goes okay. down, what happens, what happens to Josh Sargent's contract? And it looks like he's signed to them no matter what. Yeah. Because a lot of these players, their contract, you know, disappears if, if they get relegated. Yeah, they're clauses and, and but but the, but the real young guys don't tend to have that. Nope. Um, I don't imagine they try to sell him though. Yeah, they might. Sure. They might. Oh, I'm sure they they would try to sell him to somebody. Uh, Hamburg looks like they're coming up. Um, they're gonna want to spend some money. Uh, mm, maybe they might come up. They're in fourth right now. Okay. I want to mention one thing on the on the relegation battle. Uh, Mainz was was really close, like just outside the bottom three. And mm-hmm. one of Werder Bremen's, like, hopes was that on Wednesday that Dortmund would beat Mainz and that they would have a chance to draw or at least beat Mainz on Saturday. Neither of those two things happened. Mainz beat, beats Dortmund on Wednesday and then beat, beats uh, Werder Bremen on, on Saturday. So uh, Werder Bremen's going down. Yeah. 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 They, uh, they really have shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, so MJ, you stepped on the on the lead here. Uh, the relegation battle. As usual. <laughs> um, 
So R.I.P. Patterborn, R.I.P. Patterborn, um, or uh, R.I.P. Patter Death, or R.I.P. Patter what? I said said, uh, Patter died. Patter died. Um, There's some very good uh, banter on our uh, on our uh, DMs. Um, So Patterborn is down. Dusseldorf is on 30 points uh, with a negative 28 goal differential. They're in the playoff spot, so they will play the third place team in Bundesliga two um, for a, you know, who yeah. plays up in the Bundesliga one next year. Currently Werder is on uh, 28 points with a negative 32 goal differential. Um, so they need to win. Uh, they need Dusseldorf to lose um, or they need to. Uh, so Werder hosts Köln uh, and Dusseldorf is a way to Union. So, um, if Dusseldorf gets a point, Werder needs to beat uh, Köln by at least five goals. Yeah. Um, if, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. My response there. And, laugh. If Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf loses and Werder beats Köln, uh, they could jump Dusseldorf and then they'll be in the, uh, the playoff spot to have a chance to stay up for uh, their their Bundesliga one life. So yeah, everything's on the line in uh, the relegation spots. Um, yeah. In the uh, Europa spots, in the in the European spots, um, Bayern and Dortmund both are locked in at first and second. Um, Leipzig is in third place. They have 63 points. Uh, they are not going to jump out of third place. They need to lose by 27 goals um, to get into the uh, fifth, fourth or fifth spot. Um, Basically, yeah. the big the big uh, question right now is between Gladbach and Leverkusen. Gladbach is in fourth place with 62 points. Leverkusen is in fifth place with 60 points. They're fighting for the last uh, guaranteed uh, Champions League spot. Um, Leverkusen hosts Mainz, uh, who, you know, a couple weeks ago we were thinking needed to win that game or, or get something out of that game to stay up, and they don't really need that game anymore. They're up, obviously. And Gladbach hosts Hertha Berlin, who also were – uh, a couple weeks ago, flirting with relegation are not really flirting with relegation anymore. So both oh. those post teams that they should beat, but also have nothing to play for. So I would expect both Gladbach and Leverkusen to win. Um, the other uh, Europa spots. So the you know, whoever finishes fifth in that place will go to the Europa League. Um, Leverkusen is currently in that spot. Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim are currently sitting uh, in. Uh, sixth and seventh. Uh, they are both 49. Yeah, both tied on 49 points. Uh, Wolfsburg is at a plus six goal differential. Hoffenheim is at a negative four goal differential. Um, sixth place plays uh, is actually in the Europa League. Uh, seventh place has to qualify for it. Uh, Wolfsburg hosts Bayern. Hoffenheim is away to Dortmund. Uh, again, both Bayern and Dortmund have nothing to play for. Yeah. Both Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim have everything to play for so it in spite of like there not being any sort of drama in uh in the Bundesliga there's actually kind of a lot of drama if you missed one uh, uh one other thing that could happen in Bundesliga is uh is okay you mentioned the Hertha match uh they're at 41 points well Union uh plays Dusseldorf this weekend mm. Dusseldorf's on the relegation line but Union is sitting at 38 points and with a win would have the same amount of points as Hertha finish the year even with 
the two Berlin teams. Yeah, yeah. that would be that would be brilliant. If if, if if Unia and Hertha could could get tied in points on on yeah, that would be glorious, right? Yeah, yeah. The the for those not familiar, the West Berlin team, Hertha, the East Berlin team, Union. Um, Union just came into the Bundesliga. Uh, for the first time ever uh, this this year. So that would be, yeah, 100%. They've, they've been divided by a wall for so so many years. And, uh, you know, the, for those that don't know, the third worst team in, in, in Bundesliga 1 plays the third best team in Bundesliga 2. And historically, ever since they started that format, the Bundesliga's one team, the third worst team in Bundesliga one, would always beat the third wor- best team in in fight uh, the Bundesliga in the Bundesliga two. Uh, Union Berlin represents the first time a fight Bundesliga team ha- has uh, beat beat the the top side. Um, so yeah, they stay up and continue to make history. All right. Um... So yeah, so there's all that. That's all happening on Saturday morning at eight thirty. Uh, some of us may or may not be at the uh, yeah. black card to watch that. What so. one other little Bundesliga note is? There's a lot of owners talking that in the in the off season they would like to do away with that playoff match between the, the third worst and the third best in the two leagues. Really? Yeah. And just go to straight three up, three down. Yep, the owners don't like it. Yeah, well, I I'm I would be in favor of the uh, three up, three down, and as opposed to two up, two down. You know. Yeah. It yeah, is I don't. A, I don't know if they want three or two, but they definitely would like to do away with the playoff. It's a unique thing that I like, but whatever. And help my team. I'm biased. All right. Um. Cool. So that's Bundesliga. Uh. It's been. All right, EPL. So EPL's back. Um, no, it's not. Back. And we have a lot of, of uh, games to get through. So I'm just going to, again, read off the scores. We can we can jump in and, and chat specifically after about any specific games we want to. Um, but on Wednesday, Aston Villa and Sheffield United played with a zero, to a 0-0 zero, zero draw in spite of Sheffield actually scoring a goal. Um, we can talk about that in a hot second. Man City uh, destroyed Arsenal 3-0. Dan will have probably some words to say about that. Uh, on uh, Friday, Norwich City lost to Southampton 3-0 uh, at home. Tottenham and Man U drew 1-1. Watford, Leicester City drew Saturday morning 1-1. Brighton, again, <laughs> beating Arsenal at the death uh, 2-1. I'm sure Dan has a few words about that. I have a couple words. Um, West Ham, 0, Wolves, 2, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, uh, 0, 2 to Crystal Palace, Newcastle, 3, Sheffield United, 0, Villa, 1, Chelsea, 2, Everton, 0, Liverpool, 0. I'm sure MJ and I have a some words about that. Man City, 5, Burnley, 0 this afternoon. Um, gentlemen, is there any – where do we want to start? Dan, do you want to start? Let's get Arsenal out of the way. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's – Go just... ahead. We'll start in chronological order. Honestly, the the Wednesday game was was disappointing, mostly because David Luiz became the first player since 2011 to come on as a substitute, make an error that led directly to a goal, and get a red card. Since 2011, that has and, not and happened. To the second goal, like he led to both goals. 
directly. Two, two of the three, yeah. Um, that hasn't happened in Arsenal history or Premier League history? No, no, no. Global football. Oh. <laughs> Since 2011, according to Opta. Uh, like, when we I mean, say David Luiz was epic, we can say he was epic. He really, he really was. I mean, it's the first time in almost a decade someone has been that crap. Uh <laughs> Just, just epically bad. Honestly, like I, the result didn't surprise me all that much. Um, the big takeaway from that game, uh, I think FIFA should look at uh, players like Ederson, who come launching out of the box with two fists. Because this is not the first player uh, he's knocked unconscious. Not even this season. Um, Very much in agreement with people should look at Ederson for being a cheat. <laughs> So, um, you know, he took out his own guy this time. He took out uh, Ian Nacho in their December game against Leicester City. Um, it's yeah, just he like Mane sent off a couple years ago by being a fucking cheat and uh, losing his shit. Even though Mane was like right in in, in the right there, so <laughs> Mane got a red card. But FYI, yeah. Not, uh, so so not that game. At all. That game is sort of is what it is. I, I don't think anyone really expected Arsenal to come out gangbusters. They actually didn't look that bad. I mean, City was clearly the better team, but Arsenal didn't didn't look terrible. This is in opposition to their game on Saturday. And we talked about this last week. Arsenal had this tendency to play to the level of op- their opposition, and they absolutely did. So uh, probably the most frustrating part of that game to me was that Arsenal had a Nicola Pepe-sized hole in their attack plan. They just, there was no connection between the midfield and the offense. And that was what Pepe was supposed to do when he was brought in was dribble the ball forward and get really get connected to the forwards. So setting that piece aside, the big story of that game was uh, burned Leno Arsenal's really standout goalkeeper uh, for sure. Having his season ended and potentially next season as well on a play that if you did it in basketball would be an automatic ejection. If you did it in rugby, it would be an automatic ejection. And for some reason in football, in soccer, they weren't even particularly all that quick to call the foul on it. So for the, if you didn't watch the game, Lord knows you didn't miss much. Neil Malpe uh, went up. Leno basically had the ball in his hands and two hands shoved Leno backwards, who then landed and, the mechanism of injury means it's unlikely to be his ACL or willing, but he probably hyperextended his knee. Puts him out for the rest of the season, certainly put him out for the game. Um, and it's just like, it's just a shitty injury. Like so many soccer injuries happen over the course of a game. A guy goes in a quarter second late, you know, breaks an opponent's ankle. That's not great. It's not what you're hoping for, but it's in the run of play. This was just, he just shoved a guy who had no ability to catch himself in the air. And for some reason, this isn't a red card. And that's, it's infuriating because it's just so stupid. There's no reason for that. It doesn't do anything to benefit the game to have that play be legal or quasi-legal. So, like, I'm not excusing Arsenal's poor performance. Lord knows they, they probably deserve to lose that game. But it's, it's galling to lose it because the other team was just a bunch of shitty losers. <laughs> I think a goalkeeper that's jumping and has their hands on the ball is absolutely cheap and uncalled for. 
Yeah, I have no problem if somebody ends Malpe's career. That doesn't excuse their backup Martinez being way out of position and then leaving two defenders to try to guard the goal line on the on the tying goal. Yeah, I, I actually I like Emmy Martinez decently, and he'll he'll be the keeper for the rest of the year. Um, but Loon's fans will recognize this trait because uh, Vita Minone had it a little bit last year, which is uh, guys who are really quick to come out, but they want to parry everything. And it puts them in a different position than guys who are trying to come out and catch. Um, David Espina is another guy who, who does that. So I don't know if there's something in Arsenal's goalkeeping strategy, because all three of those guys learned the trade while they were at Arsenal. Um, and that's, that's what he was doing on that goal, was he was going out to try and parry and just ended up out of position. Nothing he could do about the losing goal. Uh, that was just the defense turned off because I thought the game was over, which sucks, but whatever. It like... It, in the grand scheme of things, probably doesn't matter, given the fact that Tottenham, Man United, and Chelsea all took points. So the difference between one point and zero is probably pretty negligible. So yeah. come on, FA Cup. Yeah, <laughs> FA Cup with a backup goalkeeper. Show yeah. me those bones, baby. Dan, honestly, like, you guys don't want to play in Europe next year. Like, Just let Arteta develop some kids. Get rid of David Luiz. Just like, just don't spend any money. Develop some kids, uh, and you'll be much, much better for it. Honestly, like, say uh, this is someone who, like, yeah, for, like in twenty fourteen or whatever, I was just like, oh my God, why are we trying? We're get or twenty fifth, yeah, twenty fourteen or twenty twenty fifteen Liverpool. Like, why are we trying? Like, let's just like fucking play the kids. Like, let's whatever. We don't want to play fucking like thursday sundays uh all the way into the into the spring like it's fucking stupid so yeah yeah my my only concern my only concern is the monetary loss um you've been losing money for a long fucking time and stan cranky is not the best owner so no he's shit he's horrible but uh if they're in europe i think they have a good chance to improve the squad this summer if they're not Wait they're, Boy. Still, wait, they're still in the Europa, Europa League, right? No, oh, no, because they, they lost to Olympiacos. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah, it was, and it, they, they were playing really, really well during that stretch, and it was just a turn-off game. Like, mentally, the, the edge wasn't there, and they gave up two bad goals, and that's all she wrote. Yeah. All right. Is there, are there any other games you want to talk about quickly before – uh, MJ and I get into this uh, drab zero zero Merseyside derby. <laughs> we should probably at least cover the fact that uh, Sheffield United successfully uh, won a game, but only managed to get one point in the standings for it. Oh fuck yeah, that's right. That was bullshit. Yeah. I've... So if you if if you didn't watch this game, Villa played decently well. Um, in much the same way that they played pretty well against Chelsea and managed to get no points in that game. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield United got their breakthrough. Uh, cross in, header, keeper caught the ball, and then his own player ran into him and knocked him across the line. So that's a goal, really right? That's, the whole ball was across the line. It was, it was not particularly close. But the goal line technology, for some reason, never went off. And no one has been able to offer a sufficient explanation for why this did or didn't work. But the no, referee, Michael true. Oliver. They said, it was, they said it was occluded by 
seven different things happening all at the exact same time. The Hawkeye technology, which like people when they're talking about like goal line technology, like this is the technology that they that they reference as being like state of the art, perfect, never has missed one. The last year uh, when um, Man City saved their fucking season by what's his ass, like going back and like kicking a ball that was all the way over the line, but for like two centimeters. Goal line technology said it wasn't a goal. Um, they fucked this one up, and now it leads me to believe that uh, Liverpool probably won the season last year and uh, were fucked over by Hawkeye technology. I'm not going there, but I can tell you for with certainty <laughs> that Sheffield United did score that goal because Michael Oliver's wristwatch did go off, but it was after the teams had adjourned for halftime. <laughs> I guess I got some I got some uh, conspiracy theories uh, that I'm willing to peddle. If you, uh, <laughs> Uh, I may, I may just, I may throw this, I may just write this up and throw this on the, uh, the days I know dot com uh, because I feel like the league conspired to keep Liverpool from winning the fucking title last year because of how Hawkeye technology and this just gives me the uh, all the proof that I fucking need to make it happen. So MJ, let's talk about the Merseyside Derby. How were you feeling going into it? Uh, I was, you know. Assuming the worst, hoping for the best, and uh, can't really complain about the result. Um, That's fair. Uh, I believe had 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 Liverpool won and City lost, you would have clinched. We would have, yes. Um, so th- that's kind of the only moral victory I can take out of this. Uh, uh, Mike Mike Dean, referee Mike Dean, has never I loved ever. Next ass. He, he's never loved Everton, and he's not that great of a ref. So he hates Liverpool too, man. He hates both of our teams. Don't worry. He so, also hates so, Arsenal. Let me so. say this. Bullshit free kick called because F- Fabinho takes takes out Everton or takes out Richarlison. Uh, Richarlison flying out of nowhere, so he was being reckless. But Fabinho sticks his hip out, takes out Richarlison, and then Richarlison gets called for the foul, and and then Fabinho. Liverpool gets gets a free kick right out right outside the eighteen, for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. Like there was just so many uh, the bullshit yellow card on on uh, Digne after he got ball, and yes, uh, he was going in hard and he was sliding in. He got ball should have been a foul, not a yellow card. Ref calls the yellow card. Um, you know, just because Mane embellished, he he did a he did a nice little dive and then stayed down on the pitch long enough and then peeks his head out like, wait, is it safe for me to come up now? Yeah, he's not injured. He wasn't hurt. So, okay, that's my Mike Green uh, summary. Uh, you can you can go over the calls that you thought he fucked up for Liverpool, and I probably oh, agree. I mean every single one, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will just say that, so uh, it's weird being uh, a confident sports fan as a Minnesotan, right? So spurting about like, I don't know, like midway through last year, I'm, I'm pretty fucking confident that Liverpool is going to get something out of every game that they play. And that wasn't my, the first whatever 
almost 18 years or, you know, 16 years of my Liverpool fandom, I was like, oh, like, I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm fuck, I'm fucking nervous all the time. But starting about, you know, midway through last year, I was like, holy shit, this is actually a, this is a, this is a team that could actually do some shit. So, and then I started getting more confident, more confident, more confident. And now I'm just like, I'm confident about this team. Like, oh yeah, they're going to, they're going to get something out of this game. Like they may not play the best, but they're going to get something out of this game and they're going to win more often than not. And uh, I never really felt that during this game, um, mostly because even just watch, like just watching the first half. I mean, I, I felt confident before the game kicked off, um, but then the, watching the first half was like, oh, it was, it was very much like this is a team playing like a preseason game and they're mostly just kicking it around. Um, you know, Liverpool had some good chances. Everton had some good chances. Uh, and Everton, like, probably deserved to win that game, ultimately. But, like, that's yeah, but, what good teams do. They just don't let you win the game you deserve to win, even so, though, like, they, they played better, but Liverpool's the better team. That- I'm going to give you the three Everton moments of the game. Each time I thought, this is the most Everton thing ever. Um, Charleston, like, has his back to the goal, but, like, still in Everton territory. He's looking to turn and go upfield. And Fabinho just rushes right onto him. And so, like, Richarlison, you know, moves to the right, avoiding Fabinho's charge, splits Kaita uh, and uh, Firmino, gets tripped by Mane, and still is going almost is like, defended by his own teammate, it won't be. And then who fucking stops him? James Milner. James Milner sticks his body in the way, gets a pro yellow card. Got to respect the guy. That's what you had to do. I get it. Richarlison, the guy who said that uh, Virgil van Dijk wasn't the, like was maybe the fourth best defender in the world. Well, he said that earlier this week, and which was like, are you fucking serious? Like, you're, that's what you're going to say? Okay, cool. But there's so there's there's a reason that uh, Liverpool stuck in with with uh, uh, fucking Richarlison. And it wasn't because I, he was a good I, I get that. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's just like, oh, here's a good attacking chance. You know, and, and Milner and Van Dyke, actually. Everton, Everton finally got a free kick. The ref finally called something in their favor. And then uh, the free kick, the ball ends pretty good. Richarlison header goes high, and he's offside at the same time. Also an Everton moment. And then towards the waning minutes, Dominic Calvert Lewin gets a good shot on. It's saved. And then uh, Tom Davis puts the the uh, rebound off the post. So, all right, uh, you know, and and yeah, that all three of those moments were just like, yeah, that's Everton. All right, so we're not going to talk too much more about uh, Liverpool and Everton. Um, can, can I ask you <laughs> a question then, though? If one what last question, you? sure. Go ahead. What was going through your mind when they had that nice like? six pass sequence like down the right side over to the middle uh then passes there's a give go with minamino over to mané and he just like is like like deer in the headlights not doing a thing like this beautiful six pass sequence goes to him and he just stands there and the defender's in the right spot you know uh Seamus Coleman's over there he's like Preventing things, Michael King's in the right spot. He doesn't 
try to cut anywhere to make either of them move. And then he finally makes the right pass. But by that time, you know, like the, all of Everton's defense is back. Oh, yeah. No frustration. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's nerves. Here's the thing. Liverpool needs, uh, before this game, needed six points from nine matches. So they just needed to draw six games. If Like the worst case scenario. I'm not worried about, um, you know, if we just don't lose to Everton, that's fine because Everton has never beaten um, and will probably never beat Liverpool in the uh, decade of the 2020s, um, which is a, a fun fact. They will never beat Liverpool at home at, at Anfield probably since uh, the ni- 1999. Um, as a matter of fact, Everton has only beaten Liverpool three times since the uh, since the clock struck 2000, January 1, 2000. So that's a fun fact of a, of a, of a supposed rivalry is that uh, one team has won three times and never at the other team's home. So fun facts. Can't argue with those facts, David. I'm not giving you. They are facts. All right. Uh, so let's very let's very br- briefly talk about what sort of kind of what's at stake with uh, Europe, Europe, and and the EPL. Um, so Liverpool is in the Champions League. Man City theoretically is in Champions League, um, assuming that uh, they're not kicked out by the Court of Arbitration. Uh, Leicester City, Chelsea are the other uh, two spots. Um, other current uh, Champions League spots with Man City. Uh, Man U and Wolves are tied on forty six points uh, in fifth and sixth place. Man U's up on goal differential. Sheffield United's at 44 points, and then Spurs and Palace at 42 points. And I was going to put Arsenal in here, Dan, for you, but they're not making any European spots. He's giving me the finger. That's cool. Well, no. Probably the other, the other fun part, relegation. Uh, Norwich City's at 21 points. Villa, 26 points. Bournemouth, 27 points. West Ham, 27 points. All those teams lost. Good for them. Watford, who was at 27 points as well before the, the start of the weekend, Drew with Leicester there at 28 points. And Brighton um, beat the aforementioned Arsenal uh, to go up from 31 or from 29 points to 32 points. So trying to get out of that relegation fight, but they are still very much in that relegation fight. So uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with, uh, with EPL or anything in Europe? Dan, do you want to correct David on the Europe thing? Oh, I guess it's down to me again. Uh, so English Premier League, unlike other clubs, they we they have a, a ter, uh, secondary cup, so it's, oh, not, sorry, the, it's sorry. not the fifth and sixth te- place teams that go to Europa. It's only the fifth, which Man- Manchester United has right now. So the the other Europa spot goes to the FA Cup winner. So yeah. uh, Arsenal still does have a chance to get Europe. <laughs> oh yes, wins and the FA Cup. That I have to defend Dan at all ever in this podcast ever but <laughs> i mean arsenal might show up to their next match with like 19 players based on all their injuries man yeah Dan, wrong? no 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 not wrong at all it's it, <laughs> there's two interesting debates going on in arsenal twitter which is whether or not uh william saliba who's a player arsenal signed last year uh but who played this year in france uh, might be theoretically eligible because he's not playing in France right now, and which of their loan deals they can cancel. So, you know, when those are the conversations your fan base is having, you know things are going just 
swimmingly. All right, let's uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna bring uh, we're gonna bring uh, Bill Mc- Bill McGuire back into the conversation. He's been uh, casually watching us for the longest time, so we'll bring back Bill, and we'll we'll talk about some other uh, other fun stuff. So we'll be back uh, after the music. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. And we're back. Uh, that was a good break. We forgot. I don't know how we forgot, but we fucking forgot to talk about uh, the Man City Burnley game um, at the first part of the podcast or the first half of the podcast. Not for the actual game itself because it was a five nothing thrashing of Burnley, but for some crazy racist stuff that happened pre match. Um, Bill, do you want to tell us what happened? Yeah, there was a. Uh... Uh, a plane that flew over top with a banner pulled behind it that said white lives matter Burnley. And, uh, and this, this was at the Eddie had, this was in, in Manchester. So it wasn't at the Burnley stadium. Right. At the Eddie had where their games was being played obviously with no fans in there. So um, their captain Burnley's captain was pretty livid. Um, he had statements to say after the match. Um, he thought it was a real embarrassment to their team. The front office had statements almost to the same effect during the game. Like at halftime, I was watching the game at the Blackheart, and uh, and they they put out a statement at halftime, basically saying like this was fucking unacceptable. Whomever this is, they will be they will be banned for the for life. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we know the north of England has very much changed over the years. We know. Uh, you know, the 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 vote. You know, Burnley's just north of Manchester. It's it's you know, it's you know, it's it's not far at all. It's you know within I don't know thirty miles. Yeah. Um, and you know the 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 voting demographics there was heavily uh, uh, for Brexit. Um, it's it's become very conservative. It was it was a very liberal uh, Labour. Uh, voting uh, part of the country for years and years, um, but it's you know it's it's changed over the years very much like uh, like rural United States has. Um, so it's uh, you know, race is a is a is a very touchy thing in 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 that part of the country. Um, it's very divisive. It's uh, it's it's used as a divisive tool. And especially when, when it's in sports and they can be front and center. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. The shit lives, lives amongst us and lives amongst our friends. And we're, I think the four of us are fairly liberal tendencies and I would imagine fairly progressive friends, but I'm sure that there are one or two friends that we all have that are, that, you know, harbor some, these sort of tendencies and so it really you know thinking about like the black lives matter movement and and just all this stuff is that we you know especially me you and 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 dan me bill and dan like really need to root out any of our white friends who are who would even think about saying any of this shit and just say not fucking acceptable and obviously mj too but 
I think MJ has been doing that <laughs> for a while on his, on his own. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not, that's why I wasn't including you in that. But like, as, as white people, we need to be very specific about saying and just not letting shit slide, period. And for me, you know, the, the league putting uh, Black Lives Matter on jerseys and the teams, you know, taking a knee at, on the circle before the matches, that's, that's great. But there is so much more they could do. There's, there's you know, money that could be put into education. Um, you know, we all know that early education is where it all starts and where, where the most work can be done. Yeah. And, so and and we look at how much advertising there is and, and how much more advertising they could do on this. I read about I can't remember where I read it, but today I think it was today or yesterday, maybe it was on when I was in Madison yesterday morning. There's a there's a scheme that they put together in and when I say scheme, that's what the English call it. It's just a program. They call it schemes, um, which seems, you know, nefarious Shady. in the US, but it's not, it's actually a thing is that they are trying to do, they're, they're putting together a scheme for government funding of, of um, B, what they call BAME, so Black, Asian, um, Minority Latino, Ethnic, uh, former players or, or, or people to, you know, get experience in front offices from the coaching side all the way through like the medical side in, in the, and the, the government's going to pay clubs to basically like pay, they're going to pay the salaries of these BAME, BAME uh, individuals and, and the, the idea that like they'll be able to like these you know in this championship and, and lower division clubs will be able to like bring on another staff member of, of diversity and that uh, theoretically ideally that they're, they're gonna they're gonna like get all this experience and then they'll be able to be hired by you know that club or a different club or you know a higher up club um, and they're just, you know, the, gov- the English government is spending, you know, and not insignificant, it's an insignificant amount of money on this. And the idea is that if it's, if it's successful in this first year, this first year pilot project in like the championship and in, in, in league one, they may expand it even into the, the Premier League, um, which would be great. Cause you know, as Raheem Sterling says, like, you know, 40% of the football players in, uh, in England right now and are, you know, not white. And there's like less than 5% of coaching staffs are not yeah. white, which is, you know, the huge, a huge gap that we're also experiencing here in, in most, uh, most American sports as well. So. And the, and the sad thing of those two, two discrepancies in ratios that there are some people that think the player ratio is the problem. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's still people who think that that you know this weakens English football, this weakens the England league, the English game, English culture by bringing in people from other countries. Yeah, yeah. So let's move from one sad story to another sad slash crazy slash amazing story, um, which is uh, the Russian Premier League. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar, uh, Russia's kind of corrupt. Um, kind of. Just, just a scotch, a scotch corrupts. Uh, and so the Russian Premier League uh, started back up this weekend, as many of the European soccer leagues did. Um, talk about the EPL, all that. Uh, 
And so there was a team. There's a team that was uh, competing uh, for Champions League spots in, uh, in Russia, FC Rostov. They were scheduled to play against uh, FC Sochi. This is back on uh, Saturday. Uh, FC Sochi, which is is basically a feeder team for uh, Zenit, Zenit Saint Petersburg, which is you know, and so FC Sochi is owned by some uh, Vladimir Putin cronies, you know, people who are just, you know, indebted to Vladimir Putin and the government, and all that. Anyways, uh, FC Rostov, um, you know, the battling for the UEFA Champions League spots, they ended up with some guys who you know ended up with uh, COVID. Based on the things that were like the, you know, quarantine and all the, the rules in place. Uh, so the guys, there, there's people who, you know, as we mentioned, you know, people tested positive for COVID and then people who uh, via contact tracing, all that had to serve self-quarantine. A large majority of their team uh, had to self-quarantine for 14 days. Uh, FC Rostov um, petitioned Sochi uh, to postpone their match because their first team, like literally their entire first team and most of the staff of the first team were not able to attend uh, to go to Sochi to play the match. Um, Sochi said, fuck you. <laughs> they are like right now they are like going to probably get relegated um, or at least they're at the bottom of the, or they were at the bottom of, the uh, Russian Premier League table. Um, and again, a thinly disguised farm team for Zenit St. Petersburg, again, owned by uh, Putin's cronies. Um, so they said, you know, fuck you, this is not a problem. We're not rescheduling. Uh, leaving out some, some very important details about how they rescheduled a match with another team earlier. Um, that's a whole other sort of side plot. But basically, FC uh, Rostov called up their kids literally the 16 to 19 year olds that hadn't played a match in over three months had even trained in over three months uh and we're like you guys are going to play sochi uh in sochi good luck and fc rostov uh they scored the first game the first goal of the game they ended up losing 10 to 1 the 17-year-old goalkeeper uh, won man of the match, giving up 10 goals because he made 15 saves, including uh, saving a penalty, uh, a, a very weirdly egregious penalty that was given to uh, a team that was up like 5-1 to one at the time. Um, so Russia, it's just like us. Also, I would say FC Kuchy, put out a, a really crazy, weird, uh, I, I think it was a Twitter or Facebook post basically saying like, you know, we were all kids once. The field is level, the ball is round, let's play. And like yeah. everybody in Russia was like, fuck you. With a, with a picture of a sad schoolboy. Yeah, yeah, schoolboy. <laughs> so you're like, woo. Yeah, um, so anyways, so that was a, a cool thing that happened in Russia. Yeah. Lovely people. Run by lovely people. So I thought you guys have something else to rip off on that. I, I'm just going to read the news. This is not what we want. No one wants to hear me read the news. 
I mean, I wish I could even pretend to be surprised by this, but honestly, like nothing about this feels remotely out of phase for what I would expect with a story that starts with funny story from the Russian Premier League. Yeah. It gets, but here's the thing, it gets like weirder, weird. Like, so like ESPN put the story out, but like they left out a shit ton of details. Weird. ESPN left out a bunch of details. Like, they never do that. That uh, FC Sochi had like, had requested a, uh, uh, a rematch or a replay of a game for other various reasons where like there was another illness that broke out in Russia because apparently Russia is fucking illness everywhere and all that shit. Um, yeah, ESPN, yeah, ESPN FC story like left all the like a bunch of the shit out. So, you know, it's weird, man. Fucking Russia. Fuck Russia. This is a uh, days I know official stance. Fuck Russia. You guys in? Doesn't matter. Fuck Russia, our official stance. Uh, all right. The leaders are worse than the people. <laughs> always. This is literally always true. Yeah. Yes, 100% true. Yes. Uh, we don't, yeah, don't fuck the Russian people. Fuck the Russian government. The Russian people, good people. Um, mostly. Not all of them, but most of them. Oh. All right. Uh, United News. So, as we, as we alluded to on our podcast uh, last week, Miss um, United came out with their official uh, uh, refund policy for season tickets. So, if you haven't heard, seen this email, or if you're like kind of waiting and wondering, this email went to your uh, your folder, or your promotions folder. Here they are. Um, you have three options or four options basically as a season ticket holder. Um, you can get uh, nothing is applied to the 2020 games if there are any games will uh fans will be at if there are any games season ticket holders are going to get their first crack at tickets so option one is a, a rollover to 2021 plus you get a benefit uh uh and your seat balance is rolled over and then um whatever the balance is is paid over 12 monthly installments starting august 1st so basically you're going to pay about 11 or 12 bucks a month starting August 1st for your 2021 uh, season tickets through July. Uh, the benefits of that are you can either get a $25 food and bev credit. Um, there are restrictions. doesn't want to say what those restrictions are. So not 100% sure. doesn't say. It literally says. No, uh, no alcohol. Is, is my that, guess. That's oh, my guess. Your guess, but that's not. Yeah. For sure. Okay. That's that would be my assumption as well, which would be kind of fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, a $25 merch credit, which is a in-store one-time only credit. So maybe the food and bev credit is basically you can use, you know, you give you $25 on a gift card and you can use it for cheese curds and shit or whatever, but you can't use it for beer. Um, the merch credit is one, you know, in-store at the at Allianz and one-time only. Um, you can get $25 donated on your behalf of TC Habitat for Humanity. So you can allow the team to take credit for a $25 donation um, on your behalf. Or you can get a $500 credit towards a 2021 premium uh, rental or 2021 group of outing, outing of 50 or more people. So if you have been really you know, aching for a... Uh, sweet or just bring in you know 50 people to a game you can get 500 bucks on that so you know cool 
Uh, option two is you can just continue membership, uh, but you can make alternative payment arrangements. You don't get the benefit. Um, you could, you know, that's what you can do if you just want to like pay your entire rest of your balance, I guess. Um, I would imagine why they wouldn't give you the option to take advantage of the benefit would be weird, but that's option two. Option three is option number one, but you get no benefit, no benefit because you just let it slide. You didn't select anything. Um, you need to opt in for the benefit is basically the big thing here. And option number four is you can just cancel your membership and you get your money back. So a couple other things. Um, supporters tickets are $410. Um, and the other thing we should also point out is that Minnesota has graciously said they're not going to raise the ticket prices for 2021. So whatever you are paying for this non-existent season, it's going to be the same price for the theoretically existing season in 2021, um, which means for most of us, sport tickets are 410. I know Bill and Dan, you guys don't are you aren't in the sport section, so you're obviously a little bit more. Um, but if you were in the sport section, you paid about 280 bucks so far. You again, you're going to be paying about 11 dollars a month for the next, you know, 12 months starting in. Why? Why? If you already have your ticket. You shouldn't have to pay anything next year. Exactly. Yes. Right. Ultimately. You're done as of uh, the end of July. Yep. Um, so I will also point out one dark cloud called the FO and he and heard this and this is a, a tweet or this is a, a verbatim post from a Slack thing. Um, if for whatever reason people wish to delete defer, they can and start payment for January and can and start payment January 2021. This also applies to a refund of current funds and can still defer payment until January. The team would provide the refund amount now and then 2021 payments would start in January and just be spread over seven payments instead of 12. So theoretically, and this is to MJ's point, I think last week, um, yeah. you could theoretically get your money back now um, and then start and, and keep your seat and then start paying in January your payments for the 410 will be spread over seven months instead of 12 or instead of technically like 24 theoretically, whatever, but you would have to pay, you would have to pay the full 410 by July of uh, 2021. So that is not confirmed. That's something that was posted in a, a Slack channel that I'm, I'm fairly confident in, but again, I, I have not, I have not personally confirmed that. So what do you guys, what are your thoughts on, on this? I mean, this seems, we, I think this is what we talked about. This seems like the most simplest thing and easiest thing. I think without having confirmation about being able to keep your seat is weird. Yeah. But yeah. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. No, you, last week you heard my fears about a lot of sports or teams taking kind of this classic, you know, you can. Uh, keep your spot for next year um, if you continue to keep paying, but if you need your money back now and want to pay more later, you know, uh, you have to wait. You go back to the end of the line for season tickets, which I think is horseshit. So it appears to be not that, which which I like. Um, also, an important thing, I believe you have tell, is it June 30th or July 31st? July 31st, yeah. To, to opt in or opt out of these things. So yeah, I and MJ, uh, I, will, I will say it doesn't say it, like in the team's statements, nothing says that you can do what was confirmed or what was 
confirmed by somebody who's calling their ticket rep. Right. Um, the ticket rep was the one who said that you could do, you could like, can't, you could get your money back and then start up again in January. That oh, was not part of the team okay. official announcement. So I don't want, I don't want to put that out there. That, that right. Sorry, this falls under the, the official option two, which is continue membership, but make alternative payment arrangements. Theoretically, yes. So every individual will have to do that. And who knows how they, you know. Yeah. And you'll have to do that specifically for yourself. You, that's not like an option yeah. you can do like in an app or whatever. Contact so. your ticket rep. But yeah, but you're right. It's better than, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, honestly, it's the bare minimum. Yeah. And, and well, it's not even the bare minimum. The bare minimum would have been like, give everybody their money back if they wanted it back in March or April or May or this month. Like having to request your money back is not the bare minimum. It's, it's, but it's, it's, it's better than just assuming you're going to roll it forward. You know what I mean? It's better than a lot of teams are going to do, frankly. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I kind of thought that they would make uh, similar things league-wide. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. Uh, nor have I seen anyone angrily or joyfully tweeting about their particular season ticket package. Uh, wasn't Louisville the, the one that was shitty? Yeah. But that's USL, so yeah, they can do yeah their own dog and pony show yeah anyways and so it's it's the team's been good here i think generally um and you know we'll see so um other minnesota united news uh black lives matter solidarity post so i don't know if you guys saw the was it yesterday they they posted the uh Black Lives Matter, um, Instagram. It looked like it looked like a video game, like bit shot for the longest time. Like the first time, I was like, "Oh, it's a video game." Like, oh, they're pulling you from FIFA. Cool. They got all the people. Like they all got FIFA to do all that, and then and then I watched it again and again. I was like, "Okay, seems weird, but it looks like a video game stuff." And someone I was in a Slack, I was and I was like, "Oh, it looked like a video game until I saw like Ike move," and I was like, "Oh." Wait, that's 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 something they did fucking live, and then yes, it was like they obviously they had a drone and the drone pulled out and all that, and Daddy was there, uh, Black Lives Matter shirt. Um, what do you guys think about uh, about that? It looked great. It uh, you know it was, it was it was great. It really was. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said earlier, you know, it takes a lot more than. Than, than photo ops like that, you know, but I wish all the players had had the t-shirt on, you know. Instead of just black shirts. Yeah, you know, it would it would make a you know a grander statement. Um, yeah, and it would it would be great if under it the team had some something to say, some announcement, something that they're going to do. It was it was great to see Thomas Chacon with his gigantic hair. Yeah. God, I hope he never I hope he never cuts it. <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking of that, uh, the Redlands posted a uh, sort of a I don't want to call it a list of demands, but a uh, a manifesto asking them to do uh, amongst other things defund uh, or sorry uh, 
remove the police from their game day operations, uh, remove things like the national anthem and uh, military and, and police tributes that are so rampant at the stadium. Um, if, you have, if you're not familiar, uh, at Red Loons on Twitter, you can see sort of the, the post and then the actual, like the longer form letter that, uh, that they posted that this, that me personally in this podcast generally supports. Um, I know that there are some detention in, within the, the people on this podcast and that's fine. And we, rock, we welcome dissension. We welcome that conversation. Uh, but generally, um, yeah, getting the military and the police out of our stadiums is, is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. So. Yep. Yeah, the, the the practicality of it is is I what I don't want is you know someone suggested this is the alternative and we don't like this. I was like, yeah, if instead of getting public police to you know stand around and do security, they hire more you know third party you know private security companies or security yards, that doesn't make things more safe either. No, like, the the police want the wannabe cops. Yeah, that makes things worse. If you ask me, like as far as less training and and kind of more like to thrust their weight around and and do power plays. Um, in fact, I've probably had a lot more personal issues with uh, TCF Bank and uh, Allianz uh, security than I have with the street patrol police that were basically just directing traffic. Um, which is not to say that my experience speaks for everybody, you know, but, but, but I will say that I would be in favor of not having police at games because they don't make everyone feel safe and they don't provide safety for everyone. Rental cops have less qualified immunity. So if they are going to beat the shit out of you, which number one, most of them are, or are, overweight and uh and or not fit so they're not going to beat the shit out of you because they're not going to um and they don't have guns so i would i'd much rather like i know i, I know i understand 100 what you're saying mj um but if i don't have if i don't have to worry about i mean i have to worry about pissing off some uh some bumblefuck in a yellow jacket uh who's trying to big time me i'm fine with that and you know I'm willing to have the conversation with them about them trying to fuck me up. Then someone who has a baton and mace and a gun at their side. Uh, yeah. yeah. I want to see the, the disarming of, uh, of people within the stadium. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's, it's a very easy, it's a very easy ask for the team. It's like, you don't need police in that stadium. Yeah. If you need police, call the police. I mean, that's, Yeah. I think that's like the biggest thing. And I think that, that it's going to be a hard ask for the team, but um, we'll see. We shall yeah. see. Uh, MJ, you had something on Shakori Hayes and Mason Toy. They were on the MLS uh, podcast called the call up. Um, and that's run by two women sports journalists, uh, Susanna Collins and Jillian cannot remember her last name. Decovitz. Thank you. Yep. So, uh, and uh, I'll probably try to retweet this out. I know I keep saying I'll retweet with a link, and I never do it. Uh, this week, I will try to either tweet this out right away. Uh, but it was just a really good conversation of 
them asking Jacory Hayes and Mason Toy questions about what is it like to grow up uh, African American, see see what you saw in George Floyd. What, how did that make you feel? Um, what advice do you have for for us trying to be white allies? Uh, you know, where do you think the systemic you know problems lie as far as you know education and what else not? So they they covered a lot of lot of topics and. Um, yeah, Jacory Hayes and, and Mason Toy had had good things to say. Cool. Um, yeah, MJ, uh, that out and we'll, and we'll we'll retweet it obviously. Um, and then uh, the other sort of other minor league soccer news for Madison. Um, you know, part of USL one, they're supposed to start playing July eighteenth. Um, it's probably not going to be in Madison. I was in Madison over the weekend. And uh, Dane County is, they're trying to like, they're trying to be like the one county that it doesn't fuck shit up um, in spite of the uh, rest of the Republican uh, legislature and um, Supreme Court of Wisconsin trying to fuck shit up. So they're trying to do things the right way. And uh, looks like USL is going to start playing July 18th and Madison is probably going to not be playing in, uh, in Madison for their home games. They're going to be playing on the road for all their matches. Um, the other, uh, uh, local uh, minor league or semi-professional league. Minneapolis City has some has some stuff. Uh, MJ, why don't you uh, kick us off with this? Uh, they did a quarantine questions with one of their players, uh, one of their fullbacks, uh, Kevin Hoof, uh, and just answered uh, various kind of get-to-know-you questions, kind of like, what was your favorite game? Uh, and it was entertaining. It's, it's only like 10 minutes long, so uh, – uh, he shares some really good memories. My favorite being uh, Twin Stars at Maple Grove. Uh, he apparently went to Maple Grove for middle school, high school. He's like, I've never lost on that field. I scored the winning goal. <laughs> Still am undefeated on that field. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of tidbits like that. I didn't even share the best bits. So uh, that's on YouTube. You can, you know, at mplscity.mplscitysc. Uh, for that. And then uh, Belly Up Sports did a write-up on what Minneapolis City has been doing uh, post-George Floyd to kind of to help, to help the community out. Um, and uh, th they said a lot of things. Uh, former head coach and general manager Adam Pribble uh, and Dan Hoodman both had some things to say about trying to not make it political. But also that when you're in soccer and that you're dealing with race, race is a human rights. So not, there's nothing political about that. And, uh, you know, I thought they tried to walk maybe a, a, a line down the middle, but uh, I don't know. What, what did you guys think of the article? Yeah, I, I agreed with you. I, I, I thought he, he, you know, they tried to take it a little safe. I mean, I have my disagreements with uh, some of their politics, but, um, I think they've usually come out on on their their uh, mm, their their public initiatives have always come out on the right side. They've always yeah. been very generous, and uh, and and they haven't ever done anything harmful or or negative. And I think I think they've been a great club for our for our community. And uh, so it's uh, you know I don't you know. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
I don't think it's it's right to say that to not get involved in politics because there's no way you can't. <laughs> you right. know, you're always everything's political. But yeah, Fourth rate, I understand what they're trying to say. Right, four straight food and clothing uh, and supplies uh, drives with optional uh, either curbside pickup or or delivery to uh, people in need in South Minneapolis. You know, great stuff. David, Dan, do you have anything you want to comment on this? Yeah, I'm sympathetic to people who sort of give a little bit of maybe milk toast statements. Um, you know, even even not doing one on the fly, like actually, if they'd had time to to sit down and put out their their perfect statement, like they're just tough. And that's that's not even you know, even if you have a really strong vision, articulating it clearly can be really challenging. So in the course of an interview, maybe not wanting to, to wade into those waters, I don't really blame him for that. Um, but I'm, I'm with Bill. Um, you know, if you ask me about Minneapolis City's values as a club, I'll tell you what they've done, not what they've said. And that's been pretty stellar. And this isn't the first time that they really stepped up for the community. So yeah, it might have been nice for a, a toothier statement. But I don't know. I don't sweat that too much. I, I would, I, I'd rather have them be who they are than get a, a pristine, amazingly great statement and then have them fall apart in the actual action bit. Cause Lord yeah. knows there are plenty of groups doing that side. Yeah. Yeah. Here's where I disagree with you all. Um, we know where Minneapolis city stands. We know where their values are. Um, this is an opportunity for them to, like push that into the community and push that into the other soccer clubs in this community, whether that's other, you know, sort of more development academies, whether it's fucking Minnesota United. Um, they are a progressive and aggressive organization and like being kind of mealy mouth and um, very unremarkable is, is a really weird lane for them to take when they are so much in the other lane for everything they de- that they do. Um, I understand and, 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 and respect what Dan's saying about, especially, you know, as someone who does, does marketing as well, like you don't necessarily know who this, like, like what that person is going to do with what you're saying. So you want to make sure you're trying yeah. to be, you know, somewhat reasonable and, and all that. But like, what the fuck do they care? Like, they're not losing any money. They're not losing sponsorships from, they say something outlandish, like, you know, fuck the police. Like, they can say that. And, you know, 90, like, there probably will be, there might be like one or 2% of the people who support that will be like, well, I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a bridge too far. But 95 to 98% of people who support Minneapolis City right now will be like, yeah, respect that. Uh, that's cool. And and so, um, I mean, if I, it, it, you know, the marketing person that I am, if I would, I would have, I would have encouraged them to say, you know what, fucking lean in. Like this is an opportunity for, for Minneapolis City to define themselves, um, much like D- Detroit City has and um, other clubs around the country. Like this is the thing, and and they're, you know as everybody here in this podcast uh, knows, directly affected by some of the shit that's happened in this community in South Minneapolis. Um, you know, they're doing 
the community work that they're doing is fucking amazing. And, you know, they can say, we're doing this community work because, like, this, you know, this country is fucked and we're fucked. And if we don't fix things, we're fucked. This, I mean, I don't know. This, that's my personal opinion, obviously. And I know it's not shared by everybody here, but I feel like this is, that, that, was, an, that was an opportunity for the team to, um, uh, you know, I get why they did it. I understand. It's not the worst thing in the world. Um, they didn't, they obviously, like, didn't go back on any of their values. And I don't think they, like, said anything back by saying, you know, kind of what they said in that interview. But, like, listen, you have an audience. What the fuck do you have an audience for? Like, say your thing. Like, don't try and, like, be mealy mouth about it and then try to, like, win them over later you're just gonna you're ultimately gonna piss off more people that way than you are if you just say your fucking thing and what you actually believe in that's my yeah. personal opinion i don't know um i know what their budget is they're running on which is zero um and uh you know this 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 year you know there's always a chance that this this year could kill them yeah um and, and yeah. this is why, so Bill, that, that's that's actually precisely why I say what I say, because this is all earned media. This is not, you're not paying jack shit for this stuff, right? This is earned media. Um, you have the opportunity to to literally identify yourself. And you have, you can pick, you can, you can pick several ways to do it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't, I mean, MJ sent us this website. I'm, I'm not even... I don't even know what this website's reach is. So who the fuck knows? Maybe it is a very specific niche reach and you want to keep that way. But I would wager that any sort of media that this team is getting, and this is what I would argue, if if I was on that board, I'd be like, listen, any media that we're getting, we're we're being as fucking left-wing as we possibly can because that is where we are. And So they they chose to go out and and, uh, the – the route that they chose to do was to go out and make a difference in their neighborhood mm-hmm. and not go the route of we're going to change the city. Yeah. And, and it, it fits, I think it fits their, uh, their owner's politics more than their communities, poli- their, their, their team communities politics. That's right. And hundred percent, like, you should highlight that. Like that is the, that's the thing. But like you can also say, here's where, I mean, cause they were literally asked about it and they said they did that immediately about bullshit. Yeah. No. And I, which is what I, not what I expect from Minneapolis city. I expect that from Minnesota United. I expect that from yeah Finns or every other fucking uh, major league team. I don't expect that from Minneapolis city. So um, that's my, yeah. <laughs> Dan. So, and as Dan points out, they have literally no traffic. Do we have more traffic than them, Dan? Uh, honest to God, we might. Um, <laughs> so, like, I might have this, more. I'm looking this up on a website called Similar Web. So, we I mean, might have more people should, hacking in to listen to us live right now. I should, I yeah. should reach out. I should reach out to Dan and see if he wants to jump on the podcast. I think Dan that would be great. Jump on the podcast with us. So, I'll, 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 I'll try and do the or, or Sarah. Somebody from Minneapolis City. I think we're going to get somebody over there to jump on the podcast with us. Um, all right. Is there anything else on, on City? That's all I had. So, no. 
I, I hope we get to see him play this year. Yeah, it, it would be great. I'm, I'm kind of doubting it, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so let's jump into uh, the uh, tips and tricks for the Corona times. MJ. Okay, I'm going to put this first in about, a... First of all, Korean history, please. So I've been reading about Latin American history, Korean history. Uh, I've also been obviously reading about the history of Juneteenth and, and African-American history, but that's also caused me to kind of reach into my roots. And uh, I'm going to put this in American politician terms because not that people that listen to this podcast can't keep Korean names straight, but my... In my experience, when you have enough, you know, Chun Parks and Lees, you can kind of get them all mixed up. So just imagine that if Jimmy Carter got assassinated in a military coup and Reagan was the general of the army and he came to power, you know, by, by military coup, there was a young Barack Obama that was like protesting at a university as as a local not as a university student but as a local politician and it gets so bad like that soldiers from 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 the army were going in and beating up shooting raping citizens in korea that the citizens of this of this town specifically the university students organized and raided stockades to get weapons to to defend themselves and let's just say barack obama was involved in this and then so he gets put into prison he gets put into prison and gets a life sentence it's commuted to 20 years in prison but the uh the reagan the dictator has has some mercy and says we'll let you exile in the united states or overseas and so um Meanwhile, that Reagan, for his atrocities as general and the way he handled the uprising, let's say Reagan then gets a life sentence by, by, by Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton puts, gives him a life sentence. And then uh, George W. Bush uh, says, uh, hey, I want to pardon this horrible military dictator who did all these awful things, uh, but I don't want to do that because I'm the lame duck president, um, Barack Obama. Will you, will you uh, agree that I can pardon Reagan for these, uh, you know, war crimes, but like on your on his own people? And Barack Obama says, "Sure, that's cool. He he gave me some grace. Like, pardon the motherfucker." So Barack Obama then becomes president, um, goes on to win a Nobel Peace Prize, except this wasn't in the United States, this was in Korea. And so, and, and the, the time frames and the political parties are about the same. So uh, I'll just say, that's what I've been di diving into Korean history. I will say this, if you want to look up anything, uh, Gwangju, who have a team in the K-League, um, look up Gwangju Uprising. It was on May 18th of 1980, uh, G-W-A-N-J-U. Wanju Uprising. Cool. All right. Um, I've been drinking a lot of uh, Stoli Blueberry. 
That's what I'm getting through. That sounds like a lot more productive than what I've been doing. Dan? Yours is more likely to show up on the SAT. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, is it, though? Like, it's, you know, SAT is very wide, so. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but imagine imagine a test for high schoolers that included any questions about Stoli Blueberry. <laughs> I would actually imagine probably more than uh, <laughs> Korean history, honestly. I'd go to school there. <laughs> All right. Dan, what do you got? Uh, worst Cooks in America. Uh, can I can I recommend this show enough? Uh, Food Network has started to do a thing. So it used to be uh, Chef Tyler Florence and uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? Um, Chef Anne, and I'm blanking on her last name. She's a crazy flock of seagulls hair. And they they did every season, and and the whole conceit is like you get horrible cooks, and and it's a competition show, and by the end two of them can produce restaurant quality meals the winner wins 25 grand whatever but they have started to cycle out one host at a time so either tyler or ann is, does each season with a new like ultra famous food network quality chef who just watches aghast like legitimately horrified at the crimes these contestants commit to food uh, so it, it really is schadenfreude, the cooking show, uh, but super, super duper enjoyable. Uh, and then uh, continuing my nerd streak, I'm about halfway through, maybe a little bit less than that, of uh, Mass Effect 2. Cool. Thanks, nerd. <laughs> Bill? Um, I got my camper finally. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. So I I spent like uh, four what days in camper. It's delicious. Yeah, I spent four days in my camper, and that was wonderful. Um, yeah, that was really nice. Um, I had some edibles. So, uh, so yeah. So weed that continues. Um, only edible weed. Um, so yeah, I had that, and then uh, a couple of TV shows I watched. So Homecoming season two, you probably remember season one was uh, on uh, Amazon, starring Julia Roberts. It was about a uh, 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 like a government program where they were kind of mind wiping soldiers so they could re uh, they could they could send them back out in the field faster. So they kind of go in and and wipe the PST right out of their brains and uh so season two just came out and uh and julia roberts isn't in it anymore and uh but it, it was it was good uh it kind of takes it upstream into the pharmaceutical company even more and uh and liked it uh and then i watched uh season three of marcella which is a uh, a british cop show and uh it's just off the rails bad <laughs> um, it, uh, don't watch it. Fair enough. Uh, if you want to watch a, a, what I would say a good cop show, watch, watch Homicide. Watch Homicide? From the 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barry Levinson. Yeah, yeah. Homicide's yeah. great. Yeah. Pre, pre The Wire. Yeah. Dude, wrote The Wire. Yeah, of course. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, um, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I downloaded a, a, a put together a recipe to try and uh, make my own weed butter. So we'll see how nice. That, that's my it's my hope hope for the week. So I'm gonna make some weed butter. So 
And what are you going to make out of the weed butter? You know, to be determined. Uh, maybe some uh, peanut butter cookies. Yeah. Maybe some brownies. Maybe some, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever the fuck. Toast. Uh, <laughs> like English muffins. English muffins. I, you know, the world is my weed oyster. Maybe you'll just slather butter on your tongue. The world is my weed oyster, if you, if you, you know, if you will. Um, yeah. All right, so we get some fucking answers. Uh, we get some questions. So Christian Pitchett, uh, the aforementioned Hot Clouds, asked over under on the number of MLS teams that drop out before MLS's black tournament starts. So, oh, be- before it even starts. Yeah. So how many do you guys think? That's uh, that's the question. Well. One out of nine in NWSL. So 26, how, 26 total teams. <laughs> so three. So earlier I said for the whole for the whole turn Orlando tournament. So over under is three. So I'm gonna let me set the over under on like two and a half. So Bill's going the over. Yep. MJ, what do you got? So I said two and a half for the whole tournament, but but uh just before it even starts. I drop it down. I drop it down to one. All right, under Dan. I'm hitting the under. I'm gonna say nobody drops out before the tournament. I hope. All right. We Dan. may end up seeing Atlanta two play, but uh, whatever. That's fine by me. All right, hold on. There's, a, there's always some good tire fires in the MLS. <laughs> Wouldn't be an MLS season without one. Yeah, or three. <laughs> that. Is very very true. Um, we have David, one are you going to pick pick a number here? What's that? Are you going to pick a number? Oh no! I said the over under two and a half. I'm. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. want Orlando to drop out of its own tournament. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna bang the over because you know that, that's like I'm Team Chaos. Team Chaos. Yeah, like, me too. <laughs> fuck it, we're leaving and. So if they get down to 24, they can make that work. If they get down to 23, uh-huh. then it's fucking weird chaos shit. So yeah. I'm down. I'm 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 for Team Chaos. Uh, I so, do love the idea that MLS rigged the draw, and then having all of that nefarious work done, team just start dropping out. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Um, uh, Eric, uh, big game grade A27 on Twitter asked. He's asked Sui. Why there are so many anarchists at his birthday party? Uh, MJ, why were there so many anarchists at your birthday party? There weren't any. Well, so I invited some friends, and, and, and one of them is, has, you know, liberal anarchist uh, beliefs. And, uh, but they were all social distancing, and we were all wearing masks. So, and they're friends of mine. So I don't what the big deal is i don't see how liberal beliefs and anarchist beliefs collide yeah he asked he asked me to ask how many <laughs> well so why there were so, so many i would argue that that anarchy is on a different axis than left right and you can have liberal anarchists and conservative anarchists or left-wing anarchists and right-wing anarchists so i would argue that so um so yeah, I have some friends that that, that are, are are lefty lefty anarchists. Uh, yeah, um, I I think there's left wing anarchists, just not liberal. Anarchists. Okay, so sorry. 
<laughs> I I use liberal to mean left wing, and maybe that's not right. uh, so. I'll, Sorry, I'll, David. I'll sit corrected. I'll oh. sit corrected. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I have some friends that are left wing anarchists, and they were at my birthday party, and you know, I don't I don't know if Eric Grady was offended by this. But uh, yeah, he, he shouldn't be. Um, uh, or you they, hope he was. They, they, you know, uh, my friend Melanie wor works with unions and is uh, does a damn good job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just really goes, like that you said that there that you had anarchist friends, but it's okay because they're social distancing and wearing masks, as though anarchy were catching. No, no, no. I, I, meant, <laughs> I meant to say. I, it was supposed to be kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek thing about like you know how anarchists in the streets are always wearing masks but oh yeah yeah no it's super clever i just i, I like the idea that that anarchy has gone truly viral and that you yeah. can catch it <laughs> i mean you know all, all the antifa out there is is uh is leading up uh yeah, and true. then our, finally our, our our very good friend uh andy schletz uh yeah. on twitter he asked so if mls uh decides to use cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands, do you think they'll still have kiss cam? <laughs> that was uh, Andy Schweitzer. MLS? Question. Has he ever watched an MLS match? Good question. Um, I've never seen a kiss cam at, a, at an MLS match. Stop, Bell, Bell. Shit on Shit on Okay, sorry. All right, now I can start. Has he ever watched an MLS match? Good question. I've never seen a kiss that camera in an idiot. MLS match. Yeah, a fucking idiot. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he just sees ML and he thinks MLB, and he thinks of Major League Baseball, and that you have a circle me Bert and you have a you have a, a kiss cam. You know. Have you guys? Any of you guys been on the kiss cam? ML sex. He's just like ah. But he's not really because Dan, no. have, have you been on the kiss cam? I have, with an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it was truly one of the most awkward moments of my entire life. Wait, wait, she was your ex at the time? Yeah. And you went to a baseball game with her? Yeah, we broke up on good terms. It was right before we went to college. And uh, she called me at work and she was like, hey, I have, uh, I have front row seats for the Twins game tomorrow. And it was Johan Santana uh, doing crimes against the devil rays. And I wasn't about to turn that down. And what did you do then yeah, when you were uh, on kiss cam? We we did kiss because we were getting booed, <laughs> and I apparently uh, am uh, easily buffaloed into doing things when an entire stadium boos at me. You caved. I yeah, I did. I just told you I caved. Man, Julie, peer pressure. Julie noted. Julie noted. Dan is persuadable. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, if you can get an entire stadium to boo me, I will probably do whatever it takes to get the booing to stop. You don't have to give me <laughs> too many uh, ideas for that, my friend. So, um, all right. So that is the end of the podcast. Please, uh, obviously, rate and review us wherever the fuck you listen to podcasts. I know that come. You know, I'm actually writing again. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to get uh, um, not Bill. Uh, Luke Craig to write about Wigan. Wigan was just sold to their oh, own boy. owner. He like sold the team to himself. And we're either going to get him on here next week for a Wigan wig out or I'm going to get him to write that shit. 
uh, we have a lots of other stuff. I'm writing. I'm I'm like literally. I wrote like like four thousand words this weekend because I am a goddamn uh, insane person. Because so of pot I'm, butter. The days I know. Dot substack.com if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, which is going to hopefully be coming out about twice a week. Patreon.com backslash James I know for all the uh, donating stuff. At TDA, came on Twitter. Bill is at Bill underscore McGuire. MJ is at MJ Matsui. At D Wade for Dan. I'm at Texas Seller. Hey, he's in the days you know. This is. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.